0: What's going on guys? Back at it again with a 20th and Blake podcast part of milehighsports.com. I am Luke Zalman, Um and today is a is almost a I I wanna say rejuvenating day after yesterday. Uh Rockies find a way to scrap together a single win against the Yankees, lose the other two in pretty pretty grand fashion. But that third one they showed the team of last year, in my opinion, they showed Herman Marquez on the mound, absolutely dominant. They showed Nolan Arenado driving in runs, Charlie Blackman having success at the plate goes four for five. Um, They just showed the things that made them so good as a team last year. And I think that that Yankees series showed both where the Rockies need to improve most and where they s- Maybe not hope for this season, but hope for the future. As far as Herman Marquez, as far as uh, David Dahl, Charlie Blackman, Nolan Arenado, kind of their core. Trevor Story, um, that core has a lot left in it. It has a lot more to give. Um, so I think that if they're able to move on to future seasons with that same core, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be good for them. But it also showed the bad. It showed that okay. Um, John Gray or that was that was a series before but Sensatella did terrible. I mean, it just it it was one of those things where the outfield defense wasn't doing well. Sensatella didn't do well. Um they just they didn't look like a team that looked like they were com- going to compete. Kyle Freeland got rocked again. Um but may I I I will continue to pound the table. Um, the one big shot he allowed that grand slam. It was a good pitch, um, low and outside. Um, he was just somehow able to get to it. Um, but you know, it's it's the Rockies have multiple things working against them, while they also have multiple things working for them. The things working against them mainly is the fact that their their defense as far as outfield defense is absolutely atrocious. I mean, it's, it's some of the, some of the probably worse defense in the outfield in the league. Um, they're just, none of them have, none of their outfielders have really proficient arms. Um, none of them have, I mean, they have ex- ex- good acceleration on the base paths, but it doesn't really show as much on defense. It seems, um, they're they're just not very rangy. They don't get the best reads on the ball. Um, their outfield defense is definitely going to be a work in progress. I would expect this offseason for David Dahl and Charlie Blackman, that to be one of their main priorities, is getting better on defense. I know they're both very, very um, very hardworking guys that you know want to be the best at each area so i could see them really working on that this offseason i um, just trying to trying to get everything back together trying to be able to be as much of a defensive um as much of a defensive presence as maybe an offensive presence i don't know if they'll ever equal those out because both of them are very good at the plate um but being able to try to even it out somewhat um, would be huge for them. It'd be huge for the entire team because by um by you know I would I don't know what you would call it by measure of the outfield, um the Rockies have the biggest outfield in the majors, so they need and it was it was actually one of the reasons why in the offseason I thought why don't the Rockies bring in a guy like Billy Hamilton? He won't be any good for you at the plate. Um, But man, seeing a guy that fast roaming center field, I think would save them a ton of runs throughout the year. Um, I think a guy like that could be a huge addition, Um, but it's, it's not something that they really looked at, I suppose. Um, So I think they're starting to see the ramifications of kind of putting defense secondary. Um, When they moved Desmond to center field, I think they showed that defense wasn't really their top priority. And I think it's I think it's striking against them right now. I mean, um in that in that Cincinnati series was when it was the worst. I mean, just constantly misplaying balls. Um Dahl, Blackman, they were all just constantly it looked like they didn't know really what was going on. It just it didn't it didn't look like they were very competent in the outfield. And that was just for a short stretch. So it's not by any means to say that they're just not competent outfielders. Um, But that was definitely a rough stretch for them. Um, New York, much smaller outfield. So not, you know, not a ton of mistakes, but it's still, they're still not saving the pitchers at all. They're some games. They're not necessarily hurting the pitchers, but there's not many games where the outfield of the Rockies is saving the pitchers from anything. Um, And I think that's kind of a problem. The main pitcher that I wanted to talk about today though, is Antonio Senzatella. He got optioned um, to triple a, And when I was looking at the numbers, when I was trying to figure out, okay, what went wrong with him, I couldn't really peg one certain thing. I mean, he was getting hit pretty hard, um, has a low strikeout rate, um, isn't the most, you know, prodigious um, ground ball guy. So not being able to strike people out, not being able to put the ball on the ground kind of starts to hurt you. But the one thing that I noticed while I was watching him, and then when I looked at the numbers, I started to kind of formulate this this thing in my head. His off-speed pitches, his breaking balls, are being hit, you know, pretty well. He doesn't have a ton of confidence in their location. But the batting averages for each of those pitches are far higher than the expected batting average on those pitches. So what I started to think is, okay, if a pitcher is dealing with something like that, where the expected batting average is much lower than the actual batting average on a pitch, they're not seeing those numbers in real time. All they're seeing is the fact that, okay, that slider got through, that curveball got through, um, that changeup that I thought I threw pretty well got through even when maybe it shouldn't have. All they're seeing is the positive results for the other team. Rather than being able to see through that towards their own you know analytics, and that's kind of the interesting thing about analytics is it allows you to see stuff that you're not necessarily seeing um but that are taking place and I think if I had to formulate my own you know hypothesis over what went wrong with Sanzatella, especially lately because for a stretch there he was very good, I mean he was allowing two runs per start um for a good chunk in the month of June, I believe dating back to May um he looked great and then in july everything went wrong and my biggest hypothesis is that i think those results on his off speed on his breaking stuff mattered more than his location of it i think that him seeing it not work drained his trust in those pitches and he doesn't throw an explosive four seam fastball it's not like he's touching a hundred he doesn't have that you know noah cinder guard type fastball that you can carry you to good outings um, He just merely has a pretty he, he has a good fastball not anything great and when teams like the Yankees who have such power bats are able to key on a fastball that is what all these hitters want there's not many hitters in the majors that are that are sitting back saying I don't want to hit fastballs I want to hit the breaking ball that's not what they're doing they want to hit the fastballs because they have the least amount of movement. They're going to be normally, especially when you're trying to steal a strike, they're going to be towards the middle of the plate. Um, I think that timing up a fastball for a major league hitter is just easier. You don't have to, you know, like I said, you don't have to look at the movement of the pitch. You just are seeing a pitch and you hit it where it's pitched. And when you give a team like the Yankees a very powerful, powerful lineup, the chance to just see those fastballs, um, They're going to tee off. I mean, an inning and a 30 allowed six earned runs. I um, mean, he was getting hit hard from the start. I mean, the second hitter of the game, Aaron Judge, hits a ball 111 miles per hour. That's when you can tell that a pitcher is really not locating that well, because for Judge to piece a ball up that hard means that something went wrong somewhere, um, and he just wasn't able to... He hasn't been able to rely on anything else, so he's had to just continuously throw that fastball, and it all plays into the mental part of the game. The mental part of baseball is huge. It's not something that's talked about an absolute ton among like um, fans that you know criticize players, maybe you know even pundits that decide to criticize player. The mental aspect of the game is not talked about enough. It's something that really hurt Kyle Freeland at the beginning of the year. Yes, he was getting offline and that was hurting his location, but he was also every time you would talk to him, every time you saw him in the clubhouse, he was distraught. He was down. And that that goes onto the field. That translates to bad play on the field. It's not like that's just an isolated incident where you can sit in the sit in the clubhouse and be down on yourself and then on the field you suddenly it just clicks and you're good. That's not how that works. And it also stems back to John Gray. John Gray is the biggest mental the biggest case for the mental effects of baseball of any pitcher in that clubhouse last year and years before that there were multiple times when he woke up so nervous he could not eat before a start he couldn't sleep before a start and that will affect you in a very grand way he was able to get a mental skills coach this year to kind of talk him through it but a lot of guys don't have that. A lot of guys don't see it as a huge problem until it's too big of a problem. John Gray didn't start focusing on it a ton until he was already demoted and then this offseason after his down year last year. You know, he was trying to he was climbing an uphill battle after a rough year, and that's when he started to seek that mental help. He didn't seek it before, and that's the problem that A guy like Senzatella could have is he's not paying attention to the mental aspect of it enough possibly and so he's not able to you know put things together in a way that will be conducive to his success he can't put the mental and physical side all together and I think that's that's huge I mean a guy like John Gray it completely derailed part of his season and the mental aspect of the game is so huge and I just think that Senzatella will need to go down, reboot. There's no saying if he'll come back up and be successful this year, but I think at the point he was at, it was probably a good idea to option him just based on the fact that he could not trust his off-speed stuff and if all you're throwing is a good fastball, not a great fastball, you're going to get clobbered and you're not going to give your team opportunities to win as it showed against the Yankees. Another move that the Rockies made on um, on Sunday was... DFA'ing Mark Reynolds, uh, designated for assignment, which, I mean, baseball baseball labels it as designated for assignment, but when it's a veteran like Mark Reynolds, it likely, it, it should just be called releasing because a guy like that is not likely to want to go play for AAA, but he's also not a huge trade candidate considering he has he hasn't hit this year. I mean, if a team were to trade for him, they 'd be trading for a complete flyer there's no evidence to say that he would go somewhere else and be a quality hitter. I mean he hit one seventy this year, which is actually higher than his expected batting average surprisingly, his expected was one sixty two and he was hitting one seventy um so that tells you that it's not a very fluky one seventy. It was a pure one seventy that's what he's hitting um his second worst on base percentage of his career, and he was he was posting huge strikeout numbers. I mean, in only 135 at-bats, he struck out 57 times. That's more than a third of the time. Um, and that's not to say that he's never been a strikeout guy. He's always been a pretty big strikeout guy. I mean, he's had a year 204, 223, 211, 196. I mean, those are all huge strikeout years. But the difference is those years he was getting around 600 at-bats, around 500 at-bats. For him to have 57 and only 135... um That just tells you that I don't think he was seeing the ball very well. I mean, he was caught looking a ton this year. He had his near career worst in zone swing percentage, which is just the ability to notice or to register in your head. Okay, this pitch is in the zone. I'm going to swing and his highest swing and miss number since 2011. That all adds up to tell me that he just was not seeing the ball very well. Whether, you know, Chris Iannetta had the same problem early in the year. He went and got contacts and started to hit a little better. There's no saying if that's what Mark Reynolds' problem is. It just seemed like he just wasn't seeing the ball well. And it's a tough it's a tough move because I get it. Everyone will look at the fact that, okay, he wasn't hitting and he's an older player that automatically equals DFA. But where it gets tough for them is that now they've lost s- – a ton of leadership in the last two years they lost him they lost dj they lost cargo and they lost gerardo parra all guys that were relied upon quite a bit for leadership and that i mean it's 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 not a small thing to not have leaders on a baseball team especially on a baseball team that is so young the rockies have a insanely young team when you compare it to some other teams in the league. So being able to have those veterans is crucial. So for them to also lose Mark Reynolds this year, a guy that was a leader in the clubhouse, it's pretty tough. And I think the role that he was put in as a pinch hitter, he's succeeded in that role in the past, but I just don't think anymore he's very well equipped to be that pinch hitting force. Um, For the Nationals last year, spot starter, pinch hitter, was able to hit 13 bombs, but his average was still down last year, 248. He's, when you're getting put in in situations that, like a like a okay a spot start at DH on um, in the first game of the Yankees series, and then you have to take three or four at bats that game as a DH after not taking really any um, consistent at bats before that, and you have to get used to the DH role because the DH role is different than being in the field. The DH role is. I'm going to go in the cage, take some swings, go back into the dugout, wait, 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 and then go back in there, take some more hacks, and then go out on to the field and actually hit. When you just have this process of constantly waiting, I think it can really drain on you. So I just, I don't think Mark Reynolds was put in the best position for him to have success. He was put in the best position for the Rockies, but not for himself, And I I just think losing yet another leader is tough because Nolan, Charlie Blackman, Trevor Story, they're all great players. There's no doubting that they all have amazing work ethics. Um, But if you ask Bud Black, he'll tell you that they tend to be a very, very serious bunch, Um, almost too serious at times. And I think that can affect the way that they lead sometimes. The I think the leadership in the clubhouse has already lacked a little bit this year just because there's not enough voices. I mean, you have the Daniel Murphys. Ian Desmond's a great leader. Charlie Blackman helps the younger guys with hitting, but I just think as far as a guy to step up and say no more, um, they, they've had trouble finding that guy at times this year, especially recently. Charlie stepped up in that series finale, was able to hit a home run leadoff, and I think that changed the whole complexion of the game, but they need more of that. They need... They need to not always be fighting an uphill battle. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with leadership. So I think that losing Mark Reynolds does take a hit at that leadership once again. Um, and and so I wanted to look at maybe some replacement candidates. Um, the most obvious one, a guy that could probably bring some leadership as a veteran, is Yonder Alonso. I mean, he's hitting four nineteen since they signed him to a minor league deal, I believe, about two weeks ago, um, three weeks ago. Not not a hundred percent, uh, sure. Not without looking at a calendar, how long ago it was. Um, but he's been putting the ball in the air. Well, he's he's only struck out six times. He's walked five times. Um, and he was a big, he was a big part of that launch angle revolution. He changed his swing when he was with Cleveland and he was able to turn his career around a little bit. He hit 23 bombs, Um, He's hit 20 in each of the last two seasons before this one. Um, He's really become more of a power guy from the left side of the plate. Um, So he could be be huge for the Rockies, but once again, he'd be put in a situation where he wouldn't be getting consistent at-bats. He would be a guy that would get the spot starts and the pinch hitting. So is he going to succeed in that role? who's to know? Because when he succeeded most was with the Indians and he was getting pretty regular playing time. So it's, it's kind of impossible to know if he'd be able to put it all together. Um, But the fact that he's getting so many at bats for AAA, the fact that he's succeeding for AAA and the fact that the Rockies aren't necessarily completely out of it yet um, would tell me that he's probably the guy that will get that call up. But I also looked at what if what if the Reynolds move was a precursor towards preparing for future seasons? Getting rid of a veteran like that could be one of those things where they are looking at getting younger on the roster to start preparing young guys to make an impact next year and beyond. And if that's the case, Roberto Ramos or Brian Mundell would make sense as as the replacement. They're gonna need a replacement with NL play starting back up. Um, as of right now, they have an extremely short bench that's not going to work very well when you're doing, when you're playing NL games, as opposed to the AL series they played against the Yankees. When you have a DH, not as much goes into the pinch hitting to the substitutions. Not There's not as much of that um, in the NL. It's a lot bigger. So with Mundell and Ramos, you have, you have two very different players. Mundell from the right side is a huge is a huge contact average type guy. Um, he's been consistent all year, doesn't have a single month under 295. Um, he's at 276 this month, but the month's not over yet, so it's hard to it's hard to finalize that. Um he's he's got a ton of gap-to-gap doubles power. He's got 25 this year. Um, so he's not gonna be that huge Homer guy um you know mark reynolds was that back in his career yonder alonso has become that as his career has gone on um so he'd be a change of pace from either of those two guys um but i think once again he'd be affected more by the switch to a pinch hitting role than say a ramos would be because he is such an average guy i think when you have a huge average guy getting those at bats every single day pays off more than coming off the bench and ramos from the left side Would be that guy. He's already got 20 bombs this year. Um, But he also has. He has good average on his bat. I mean. He hit 378 in June. He's hitting 385 so far in July. Um, He strikes out quite a bit. He struck out 94 times. But he also has 40 walks. um, At 24 years old. Um, It could be. It could be a good situation for him as a power guy. To be able to come in. um, And get some at bats. You know. Some sparing at bats. Um and just see what he can do. I mean both of them have, both of them are 24 and 25 respectively. Um so it's getting towards that time where they need they need either an opportunity or it's they're gonna be lifers in triple A. I mean not many guys come up super late and have a resurgence late in their career that carries them. I mean Charlie Blackman did it, um, but his was more due to injuries. Um it's just not a super common thing. And if they are going to go that route where Mark Reynolds was a precursor, then dealing Daniel Murphy at the deadline would make sense. A contending team that could use either a DH, a first baseman, or maybe a second baseman. I don't know how good he'd be at second anymore. He played a little bit in that blowout loss to Cincinnati. Um, but if a contending team needed a veteran that was you know, going to come through in clutch moments, they could trade for a guy like Murphy. I mean, his contract is conducive to a trade and if that were to happen they could bring up both of their young guys or alonzo and a young guy and switch them off it's kind of hard to know if either the young guys would succeed or even if alonzo would succeed back at the big league level um but the reynolds move could have been a precursor we're going to find out within the next week and a half the trade deadline is a week from tomorrow um recording this on monday the 22nd so that trade deadline is tuesday um, the 30th. So the the Rockies moves between now and then are going to tell a lot about what they think of this club, both now and in the future. Um, so stay tuned for that. Be paying attention. Um, any moves that happen will, of course, have a piece up. Um, we have, I just recently posted a piece about how the Rockies chose to get aggressive this year. It started in spring training um, with tons of base running drills. So be sure to go check that one out. Um, Anilo Piro will have a piece up later today. He also had a piece up on okay, if the Rockies continue this trend, um, is there really anything left for them to compete for this year? So be sure to go check those out. Um, be sure to get on all the details on the Mark Reynolds DFA. Um, we have that up as well. Um, so be sure to keep checking in. Be sure to subscribe, be sure to rate, be sure to comment, be sure to give us any type of critiques that you have about the podcast always looking to improve it tell us what you want to hear um and i will talk to you next time guys